The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. What up, gangsters? My name is Inigo Montoya. Movies that you get Shawshank by. Come on, do it, kill me! I guess I just miss my friend. Shawshank. And on your 50th viewing, Shawshank. This movie has everything. Shawshank. Kiss masks, Lee Trevino, Shawshank. One on a black man named Chump, Shawshank. And here we are, back again, Shawshank, on the Pod Six One Seven Network. I'm your host, Uncle Buck. Thank you so much for joining us as we continue the epic countdown of the 50 greatest guy movie stars ever. So let's go around the room and just reintroduce our cast from my right to your left on the radio dial, Matty Blake. You're a no good slut. You hear me, sugar tits? All right. Uh, Nick Stevens, top that. You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Did you hear? Hell's coming with me. Georgie Kip. Oh, boy. So this is how I'm going to die in a foxhole with you. Waiting for a grenade. A foxhole with you. Wow. That was what really was that? loud. I made that up. You just made Wait it up? Wait a second. Wait, no, hold on Wait, a second. You can't, make you can't a finally movie. Think, make us all think that you did a line from a movie that was <laughs> He's dancing. related to the podcast the we did. And you just... Just, just like a bad drama school audition for the one man play. I was like, wow, Foxhole of One. That was pretty good, actually. Wow. Foxhole of One. Yeah, that's the yeah. new. Foxhole that'll be off Broadway. You can't make up your own quotes. I made that wow. one up. It has to be from a movie. <laughs> that's pretty good, George. I'll give you that. Because I was literally like, oh, I guess I didn't. What's that was that from? I believe that was from Apocalypse No Thanks. <laughs> Apocalypse Later. Uh, that's well. That was fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and, and uh, talk uh, right now. Let's just jump right into it. Yeah. About uh, number twenty to eleven right. uh, on our fifty greatest guy movie actor list. Why don't we just jump right into it right now with number twenty? You just made the list. There's only one man known as the Duke, and that would be one Mr. John Wayne. The Searchers, a cowboy film basically about Stockholm syndrome. True Grit, with the greatest, maybe the greatest guy line of all time, when he calls him a fat one-eyed or a uh, a one-eyed fat man, and he's so insulted, he says, "Fill your hand, you son of a bitch," and just starts charging with the reins in his mouth, blasting away at four guys. Uh, The Cowboys, Big Jake, McClintock. The poster of McClintock is John Wayne, literally just spanking Maureen O'Hara. Yeah, that was the poster. How do you get more manly than that, or maybe even The Quiet Man, where he basically Jones. beats her from one side of the town to the other? That. That's back when this country used to be something. We talked about, I think it was uh, Robert Redford always playing Robert Redford. John Wayne always played John Wayne. Yes. It, it, in fact, when I think of John Wayne, I actually think of that scene from The Birdcage where he's doing the uh, trying to do the walk, like a manly walk, and he's like, <laughs> think about, Robert Williams was, think about John Wayne. And so the guy does the, the manly walk, right. and he, he's, <laughs> he's got like a limp, and he's kind of... Comes around and he goes, well, it was no good. And Rob Williams goes, well, no, it's actually perfect. I just didn't realize John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Buck, do you think that G, uh, oh, the, man. the what? Uh, do you think that? What? I got it. Sorry, I didn't. Eat, I didn't eat enough. Yep. I'm sorry, it's like totally distant to the. They went right up to 
Okay, sorry. Space well, Force. Careful that, David. Are we good? Yes. Okay. I love sorry. it. All right, pick up there. Sorry, David. In three, two. Buck, do you think that John Wayne might be one of the like first male movie stars guys impersonated? You know what I mean? Because he's such an mm. iconic voice. Like you think about everyone does the Brando. I'm gonna make an awful care for Everyone does Schwarzenegger. Everyone does Pacino. Has a Pacino. Stewart. Jimmy, Stewart. Jimmy Stewart even maybe. Maybe it was Jimmy Stewart, but like John Wayne. Well, hey there, Pilgrim. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like the Probably first one it seemed like. Jimmy Cagney. Jimmy Cagney. Yeah, Jimmy Cagney. Yeah, first. Yeah. But okay. no, you're on to something, Nick. But, that huh? level iconic. Right. iconic. That's, like, that's the real level. Like when you get impersonated. Time and again, when guys throw your voice around bar rooms or podcasts or whatever else, prison, yeah, yeah. that's when you've made it. Well, and John Wayne did like seventy five thousand movies or something. Like most yeah. guys get typecast, he just kept cranking out movies. He he would do I took two a nap movies reading a his year. IMDb. It's a, no, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. In fact, my father in law is a huge John Wayne fan, and so many of his movies are just not even in print. I have to go on eBay and find special collectors. To surprise him on holidays, the guy did so many movies, and then he went and did beer commercials after he was dead. Remember, he did Lee, uh, F. Lee Armory, L. Lee Armory, R. Lee Armory, R. Lee, yeah, those Coors Light commercials. Yeah, I mean John Wayne. John Wayne was the original Tupac. He's America. He made more money after he died than anyone else. That's right. The guy is absolutely an American icon beyond film. Who is? What is your favorite John Wayne performance, Nick? Everyone around the horn. Hmm. I think the last, what was the last film he did, Buck, when he was sick as a dog? It was Ron Howard. The Shootist. The Shootist. That's yes. my favorite. I saw that with my father. Good one. Good my one. father was trying to explain to me what John Wayne meant to him as a kid growing up in the 50s. And But I, as a kid, all I was seeing, that movie was in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Early it was 80s. Maybe. Very end of his career. And all I saw was a guy who kind of reminded me of my grandfather, who I loved dearly, but chain, you know, chain smoke, non filter lucky strikes for 50 <laughs> years of his life, literally. And so he was, I always knew him as kind of just struggling with the breath and everything and then like it just reminded me of like all i could see was an old man right and and but the performance yeah i saw through you yeah. know i was like this guy yeah. and that, i think that's his best acting performance yeah. by a long right. shot actually. and he did win an academy award for rooster cogburn which was mm. the which was the uh sequel to Follow actually to, true to my favorite which is right. true grit was that your favorite my friend <laughs> how dare you well what was your well, favorite rooster, it's true grit yeah it's true, true grit, grit. Yeah. and the uh, rooster cogburn is one of the only parts where it might be my favorite performance by two separate actors. Okay. Uh, my favorite, Je- like, my favorite, uh, sorry, my favorite, uh, Jeff, uh, my God, I'm so calorie-deprived. Oh, you're thinking yeah. of the newer, the newer, yeah, the, the remake. New one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, my God, why can't I, th- I can't, Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Oh, yeah, yeah, literally, I feel oh like God. I'm about to Here, Have some um, fucking granola my for favorite, um, <laughs> my, fa- my favorite Jeff Bridges performance is Lebowski, but a close second is so his good. performance as Rooster Cogburn. And John Wayne, I mean, when I think of that, even though you don't think of John Wayne with an eye patch necessarily, when you see, like, John Wayne, right. it's Rooster Cogburn. True right. Grit is just the best. George, you got a John Wayne film? Cowboys. Cowboys is a great one. I love that one. That's my wife's The children one, yeah. on the cattle drive. Amazing. All right, let's move on to number 19. You just made the list! The frustrating part of this man's career is that he should have been top five at some point. Eddie Murphy owned the 80s with his innovative material. He was the first stand-up comedian rock star. His rocking red leather suits, selling out stadiums. And he was dominating the box office. But for, every, but for every Beverly Hills cop, 48 hours in trading places, the world will sadly also remember Daddy Daycare, Vampire in Brooklyn, and Pluto Nash. And just when you think career redemption is at hand and Eddie's going to win an Oscar for Dreamgirls, which every pundit 
everyone had him pegged to win it. He releases Norbert during the voting cycle. And Dreamgirls isn't even his best performance. Some argue Coming to America. Buck, I know you're a fan of that. Yep. But mine is uh, the heart he shows as Professor Clump and the Nutty Professor. That will always be my favorite. Good. All right. Yeah, I like that one. What did you think of the sequel, though? The uh, sequel was to make money, but that's Eddie Murphy. Right, right. The sequel's like a lot of great sequels. They expect, I, they say like a sequel, if it makes back 60% of the original box office gross, then it is a very successful sequel. And to me, when the sequel gives you 60% of the laughs of the original, good enough. Clumps was fine. Nutty Professor, you're remaking one of the 10, 20, you're remaking one of the 20 greatest comedies ever. Right. And to try to somehow match, if not top, Jerry Lewis's. This is the depth of Eddie Murphy. Forget about the Raw. Forget about the stand-up specials. He was incredible on Saturday Night Live. Good Lord, 48 hours and coming to America. I mean, yes, like you said, true rock star comedian. But so much depth behind so much makeup and so much heart wearing a couple hundred pounds of latex. And to make me completely forget about the original Nutty Professor... And to see this one, think of it as a completely different movie and embrace him like that, that's when I fell in love with Eddie Murphy. And then I fell out of love with him when he came out at the SNL 40th. And instead of doing a sketch, they tried to write umpteen different bits for him and get him to reprise all these characters. He wouldn't do any of them. Self-serious Eddie. I want the depth of Eddie Murphy, not self-serious Eddie Murphy. Go back to the 80s. Dude, like Chappelle rediscovered himself. Yeah. Um, as a person Bummer. who got into my whole career through stand-up comedy, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him as a stand-up comic. I remember being a kid in Raw coming out, yeah. and and it was like an electric bolt went through me and my friends. It, it, you know, putting that tape, VHS tape in of Raw, him in the red suit, and yeah. just hitting play. It was literally it was a rock star, rock star comedy. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I just remember just belly. You watch it now; it's dated. It's it, the the humor is very. I'd say base. It's very broad, but uh, man, the, the the stuff the, the stuff he did, his facial expressions, the stuff with the guy walking down the beach in Jamaica and the ice, yeah. ice cream and dropping the microphone, well, we would just be crying laughing. Yeah. So, and, and, and nobody else, nobody else in this list has two fantastically uh, well done full feature film uh, uh, stand up specials right. as part of their resume. Right. Delirious. Now, I will say Delirious, which was his first one that had the ice cream man and had a lot of that. Oh, right. A lot of yep. that great stuff because I actually Sorry. had. It on cassette tape before <laughs> I even saw the movie. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, I think Raw, even, as good as Raw is in a lot of places, he also kind of you also kind of saw the Eddie Murphy slip starting away. to creep in. Yeah, right. the ego. Because yeah, because one yeah. of the bits he does is talking about um, how his his uh, somebody Johnny Carson's wife uh, divorced him and he lost half of his shit. Half, half. Like well, the, yeah. the whole bit, but it was like who Star can relate problems. to that? Star who can relate problems. to right. having that much money and losing half? Nobody right. could. So right. it kind of that didn't. Go over as well, Chinese, Maddie. Chinese I, Swedish, just yeah. real quick, for him losing that Oscar, how did, did that have to do with that terrible Norbert movie that came out? Because he was pegged to win that against, and Alan Arkin won it for Little Miss Sunshine, which is a fine performance. Yeah, but you never know what goes on behind the scenes in in that because there's a literally a lobbying performance that must go on for you to win an academy award it goes on to this day you literally have to lobby and shill oh, it's like uh, like yeah. a hey, campaign hey, and Maddie, is there any chance you want to watch me jerk off in this pan <laughs> you can get nominated for an oscar if i can shower on you i'm gonna land on the glass table and let you uh, uh let go to town what, what are you talking right. about you still want to see me shower before this derails any further why don't we move on to number 18 
Yeah, this is Harvey Weinstein. Ready for number 18? You just made the list! You want the moon, Mary? I'll, I'll throw a big lasso around it for you. You want me to get into a fighter plane and kill a bunch of fucking guys trying to take over America? I'll be a fucking war hero, too, and I'll outact anyone in the fucking Hollywood. That is Jimmy Stewart. War hero, man, actor. Oh, sorry. NSFW, everybody. Uh, we're not even drinking. The Jimmy Ted, Stewart. The Ted Williams of movies. Yeah, man. Uh, they don't make them like this anymore. Nope. We've mentioned them before on the podcast. It's a Wonderful Life. Incredible. Um, the stuff he did with Alfred Hitchcock. Incredible. When you watch, here's what I'll say about Jimmy Stewart. And Because uh, there's so much I could say about him. I could go off on him for 10 minutes, but I'm going to do one minute on Jimmy Stewart. And it's this. If you watch Jimmy Stewart films, you will be stunned at the naturalistic acting he is doing surrounded by guys still doing acting from the 40s. So you'll get a lot of, uh, Mr. Uh, da, 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 come on, da, 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 here's your thing, and I'm talking, I'm acting, I'm an actor. And he's just like, yeah, well, I want to go up here, and I'm going to put that there. And, I'm gonna... and it's just so good. He's so much better than almost 90% of the people he's acting with at all times. He was ahead of his time. So subtle. So subtle, so grounded, um, like there was no camera there. I just love the guy. I, I, you know, he's one of the, you just, he's like, he was Tom Hanks, boy, there's Tom Hanks. He's America's Absolutely. dad. Yeah, good one. I know Jerry one. Thornton loves him. And, and if you. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Bingo. Yes, he could you. be a badass, too. And he was a badass in real life, as kind and nice and sweet as he was. Uh, they don't make him like that anymore. God bless you, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, I don't think we can say it better than that. Uh, you got to go around the horn, though. Favorite Jimmy Stewart performance. Uh-huh. George, favorite Jimmy Stewart performance. It's a wonderful please. life. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. Bert, Ernie, you, you know me? <laughs> Where's Big Bird? Yeah, wonderful life. Hands My mouth's bleeding, Bert. My mouth's bleeding. <laughs> How about that? Uh, Susan's petals. Oh, one thing, Nick, real quick. Sure. Another incredible top ten acting performances of all time is is in It's a Wonderful Life. Before the whole thing where he jumps off the bridge, he has a scene. I get the chills just thinking about it. My hair is staring on an end. He, he has a scene at home when he yells at his kids. And the girl's trying to practice piano, and he trashes the whole house. That acting performance, please go back and watch that. Yeah. Get yourself Shawshank, that one scene. And he yells, like, Timmy, go, I'm sorry, I'll play the piano, practice. And he yells at his kids for the first time, yeah. and then he yells. And she goes, why don't you just leave? And the look on his face, he goes, yeah. Mary, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, in that moment, he knows, I'm, I'm done. I'm dead. The one person in my life, the one love, the one thing that, despite all this regret I have, means something to me is just kick me out of my own house. I'm done. Well, and even and it's the a stunning performance, even just the body language of he kind of walks over this corner where his hopes and dreams are still yes. kind of flickering. Yes, and he just kind of looks at it all, and he just can't. He just finally realizes it just isn't going to happen. And the performance, and he just blows up that Frank Hepper gets from the children. Yeah. I don't know how he got that, but that's one of the greatest sh- child acting performances from those kids. It's just awesome. A plus. Sorry, Nick, I killed your flow. Oh, I'm used to it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I live with. Sorry. Oh, it's the movie where he does the least amount of physical acting. Rear Window. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Rear, oh, win- right. Rear Window is, could arguably be everybody's favorite Hitchcock movie. Uh, it's the first one I saw, and I was transfixed. Grace yeah. Kelly was the most beautiful thing <sighs> I'd ever seen. Hitchcock, at his finest, working with... Doing so little in the smallest of spaces, and when I saw Jimmy Stewart, who I was raised thinking like, oh, those are my parents and their parents. You could call them my grandparents, I guess, but that's a technicality. <laughs> Doing, being a star, the the hero of that generation. And to see him sitting there in these little blue pajamas with binoculars the whole movie, 
and to be so compelled by him. Oh, the scene and where so he intrigued and the camera work in that movie. <sighs> I, think, I mean, I could do. We could do an entire hour on Rear yeah. Window. Well, he just well, the way he just runs his, his hand over his lip. He's so scared yes. when he's watching across right. the the street. Uh, but how about Vertigo? Yeah. Sure. As well. I don't like Vertigo as much. Okay. It's I, well, I mean, I like I like all those Hitchcock movies. But how about this? How many different? We've talked before on the podcast about how certain directors have their guy, right? Mm-hmm. De Niro to Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a no. Burton and Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, Jim Burton, Johnny Depp. How many different directors was Jimmy Stewart the pair? Like Frank Capra loved yeah. him. Yeah, uh, you could. That's the the versatility Jimmy yep. Stewart had. That many different directors. Hitchcock loved him. Yep. Nick, unbelievable, when, unbelievable range on Jimmy Stewart. All right, let's move on to number eighteen. Nick, when you first saw her um, mm-hmm. acting in Rear Window, did it awaken your little Hitchcock? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, number seven. Here we go with number seventeen. Number seventeen. You just made the list. Who's up on seventeen? All right. Stephen Biko. Malcolm X. Those are important All people, people in history. All people I'm scared of. <laughs> people I haven't met in my kitchen. And of course. <laughs> You, son of <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not going to try to go the historical importance route. King Kong ain't got nothing on him. Maybe one of the biggest stars ever. How he didn't crack our top ten, I have no idea. I don't know who made this list. I don't know what's wrong with all of you. <laughs> I mean, right now, is he going on, let's see, 30 years of being a star again? Right. Got two Academy Awards, one supporting, one leading. The one he got for a leading performance isn't necessarily even close to his greatest leading performance, but at the same time, it's pretty unforgettable. Few people can play the bad guy as well as the good guy. They can play the friend as well as your enemy. They can play a cop as well as a lawyer. They can be a politician, a martyr, a motivational speaker. Denzel Washington has been and done it all. Oh, Reuben Hurricane Carter. There's another great historical martyr that he played as well. Did he win the Academy Award for that? I remember he was nominated. No, and that movie's no. actually not even very well done he, for what the story is. Not, yeah. He makes that movie. He won it for Training Day in 2001 yeah. and ah, for Glory. for a movie that's always a tough watch. Incredible oh, soundtrack. Watch. I, I, you know, I think the best performance in Gloria, oddly enough, is Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Matthew Broderick, to me, is as good in that movie mm. as Tom Hanks is in Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Like, well, you were sneaky good as the guy thrust into the role of being the uh, corporal, sergeant, whatever the hell. That's I, a year after Ferris Bueller for Matthew Broderick. That's it incredible. Like two, what range? That. Yeah. That's some range. And, and huh? is a is a gut punch of a movie. It is a good one. But Denzel Washington, uh, That's the scene. great theater, yeah, great theater, uh, great theater actor, larger than life. I mean, life is if King Kong's got nothing on him, life sure as hell has got uh, got nothing resembling what King Kong has on him. He can just go, but his ability to be able to just go from tender and quiet, simple and sincere, to aggressive, enormous, scene-stealing and scenery-chewing, and do it all with such heart and such precision. Master actor, movie star, generational talent. Yeah, I, and, and unfairly overshadowed in Philadelphia by Tom Hanks. He was unbelievable as, oh my the, God. as the counselor. Oh he was my better. God. He just lacked... He didn't have that role. He, no, yeah, but actually the thing was, role, the problem right. was he right. had an immune system. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. uh, favorite roles, Denzel, everybody? Uh, well, uh, I mean, Gloria, how do you pass that one up when he's being whipped and the tear just oh, comes down ugh. his face? Oh. So good. 
uh, training day, though, probably. It's glory for me for that. But Crimson Tide, I've always oh, loved him. Real in good that. one, yeah. When he, go, he goes toe-to-toe. And this is in the younger part of his career, toe-to-toe. Directed by Tony Scott with the music of Hans Zimmer in a submarine, toe-to-toe with Gene Hackman. Mm. I mean, if you weren't stroking it during that. What? Uh, oh, my favorite. Georgie, Mystery how did guest. you not go Herman Boone and remember the title? Oh, oh you, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, yeah, thank you. I, mystery I, guest. I, thank I, thank I, you, I, mystery I, guest. I went through Gettysburg with the kids. I actually got out of the van and said, boys like you, like you, younger than you, their blood bubbling up. From the ground, <laughs> fantastic. I'll sure. tell you a movie I got Shawshank by by him just the other night, and it's a great Shawshank because every time I see it, I have to stop. And it would be my if Training Day would be my number one favorite performance of his, but this would be like one B. Is an underrated revenge film, Man on Fire. Oh, yeah. That oh, movie's yeah. freaking yeah. awesome. Good movie, and he's another a Tony Scott film. Badass in that movie, and that movie's really cool. And he's got the Equalizer two coming out, right? Yeah, he does, yeah. yeah. His uh, first sequel. No, I just, oh, I just, Korean I gotta movie. just, oh my God, he was also in Cry. Uh, Mystery Guest is yeah, dropping knowledge. Um, e Guest. I Mr. actually loved, uh, maybe it's Training Day, but also I loved him in Mo Better Blues. I love that movie. That, yeah. That's in my, that's like in my, probably in my top three of Spike Lee movies. I love that. It's a subtle film. It's great. And he got game. Can anyone in this room name the first Hollywood movie that Denzel was in? I'm going to say, uh, comedy. Comedy, Bad News Bears. No. Close. I, I can't. Buck, yeah. Maddie, CC. What does that mean when you send an email? Carbon copy. Boom sauce. Carbon copy. Really? 1981. Wow. Oh, We're going wow. on four decades of Denzel Washington as a star. All right. All right. So well, we have four more. Before we go four decades on this podcast, who's up for number 16? Oh, yeah. Sweet 16. Uh, you just made the list. Stripes. <laughs> I told you I was Sweet having 16, a day. Yeah. Uh, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, Kingpin, What About Bob, Scrooged, Rushmore, Ed Wood. Why is Bill Murray only 16? I don't get it. <laughs> but the Isn't fact, that the joy of the top 20, though? It is. Yeah, because each one of these guys, you can really make an argument that they should right. be Absolutely. the top three, top one, you know, number one. Um, Bill Murray was Kickboxer his, was ahead of Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Shawshank. With his, with his, go back and watch Time Cop. With his sarcastic wit and comedy through all these films, uh, and then you even have brushes of great acting like uh, Groundhog Day uh, or Rushmore. Um, Bill Murray is just our most iconic uh, comedian, as far as I think influence influence in this room. Mm-hmm. Okay. None of us can kind of uh, deny the fact that uh, the stuff that Bill was doing through the 80s, uh, early early Saturday Night Live, he, he was, you know, he kind of came in and replaced Chevy Chase in, the, in season two, um, and but really hit his stride when he started actually replacing the departed John Belushi and a lot of the projects that were left over, like Stripes and Ghostbusters. Um, but then it was his connection with Harold Ramis through, through Stripes and Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day as well. But even his bit parts, Kingpin, he's not even in that much. But he's just so fantastic as uh, you know the bowler. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, who who is the you know the champion bowler? Big big bigger than McCracken with the rose in his yeah. ball with the hair that keeps changing the entire time. Come on, baby, <laughs> I need you. One more title, sweet. I mean, but it, who can who is a better snipe? Who like who's a better marksman? Who's a better sniper? He makes the most out of so little. Like in Kingpin, when he tells him uh, another tanker, another tanker and tab. Why don't you uh, go keep, ahead? Why don't you go ahead and finish that outside? I mean, just like, hey, sweetheart, I keep should... him coming. I got a long drive ahead of me. Oh my 
God, he's so good. Even the bad movie season, like Ghostbusters 2, Nick and I will talk about how funny Bill Murray is in Ghostbusters 2. Is that- Suck in the guts, guys. We're the Ghostbusters. Mm. <laughs> when, he's, when he's playing the uh, the psychic on TV, he just points at and says, we'll see you next time. Next time. <laughs> Killed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then he becomes, what is it, uh, Wes Anderson's? Mm-hmm. Uh, Amused to Wes Anderson. Yeah, yeah uh, later on in his career. And again, a lot of that's, except for Rushmore, where he's the star, a lot of it's these kind of side uh, uh, characters. And Steve Zizou. Steve Zizou, he's also the uh, the main character. But he just pulls it off so well, and it became, and now he's become like this mythological legend, right? Yeah, you have to leave be... him a voice message to even get his attention. He'll show up at parties randomly in, in you know, in the Hollywood Hills. He owns part of the uh, Brockton Rocks. Yeah, I, mean, right. yeah. I, went to a, I went to a friend's karaoke birthday party on West 26th Street with him a couple of years ago. It was one of the like, last memories in, when I lived in New York. Oh and I was too transfixed by the sheer specter of Bill Murray, who was buying drinks and doing karaoke all night. Oh I God. just didn't want to be the guy that yeah. went up and said, like, eh, yeah, what do you yeah. go up and say to him? But at the same time, that's all he hears. And right. Right. He, he, you're right. You hit on something, Buck. He has actually gone. Of anyone else left on this list, he's tr- he's like transcended being a star now. Like he's not even really a star or an actor or a comedian anymore. Now he's a legend. He's like this legendary godlike figure. He's he's almost become like a Zen, you know, figure, like a, a philosophy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, like people like there's a there's a Chuck Norris type of thing with Bill Murrayisms on Twitter, like where it's just right. like these. Quotes that are not really his, attributed to Bill Murray, is like because he represents an idea yeah. of just kind of living life like he lives it, and yeah, he's is a, he he's really a, like a human meme almost kind in a of, lot of ways. I think so. Yeah, like a way to live life and just kind of bumble through and do your thing and have a drink in your hand and be kind of crazy and wear, you know. Yeah, I love him. I, my favorite performance is Rushmore, hands down. I think it's his best seminal work. I think it's the best film he's ever done. Leave. I study that movie like uh, Nick's it. little. I know he loves it. <laughs> Nick's little because if you watch that performance, I mean the scene on the elevator with the kid. I've been through them before on this very podcast, so I won't bore you. But uh, I think that's that movie is is the greatest performance of his career, and he's been trying to redo it ever since. Yeah, dramatically. I think actually that to almost to a fault now he kind of got this taste of Academy Award nominations. Hundred percent, like Saint and, Vincent was like a weak copy of that type of part. Yeah, Broken and I flowers. Like, I like Saint Vincent. No, but, me too, and I like yeah, them all. Like but it, Carey, he, he, he never was able because what Wes Anderson did was he kept the whimsical. Yeah, you know what I mean. He really kept the whimsical point. Parts of Bill Murray and got the dramatic broken part, and the other guys are just like it's all broken, and right. it's just like God, he's just staring into the camera, like come on, yeah, he needs to work with Wes Anderson just to do that type ab- of movie. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, favorite Bill Murray? Uh, I, if it's not Carl Spackler, then everyone in here has lost their mind. But you know what? Since I think that's what you're going to choose, Buck. Uh, well, I can still have my own favorite. Ty, Carl Spackler, and also Stripes. Okay, George. I think he's Is that incredible. Ghostbusters in Spackler? I know that that's Doctor Peter Venkman oh. and Stripes. The, the, just that scene alone, like I rarely wear underwear when I usually when I do, it's usually something special. I mean, like yeah. he's so wonderfully understated in that movie. He's also a romantic lead, isn't he? Yeah. Getting it on with Sean Young in that movie? Uh, well, that was Harold Ramis. He got it on with uh, uh, PJ Souls. PJ Souls, yeah. Oh, jeez. Signed my poster. Thanks for the inch my treatment. Love it. Oh, wow, she did. Yeah, she's amazing. Still very hot. It's hard to pick one. Scrooge. Groundhog Day and What About Bob? How do we not talk about Groundhog? What about yeah. Bob? If that's not the one, my brother's Bob, favorite movie. Bob, you know and I, and Bob. I, that's yeah. my brother's and favorite movie too. And I see Scrooge three, four really? times every Christmas, so yeah. that one might be Wait. mine. Uh, hey, mystery, mystery guest, mystery yeah. guest, Dark Horse uh, cameo, Zombie Land. Yes, yeah. when he right. kills himself, Where he plays himself. Right. Yeah. We'll get him. Right. <laughs> Good uh, Lord, Bill Murray. Bill Murray not being in the. T- you know what? This podcast, I'm done. Yeah. 
Number 15. I'm out. I don't take any of this seriously. You just made the list. Uh, Maddie talked a couple weeks ago about characters that only one actor could play. We mentioned Jack Black. Yep. In School, School of, of Rock. Rock. Yep. Mentioned Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. How about Will Ferrell in Elf? Yeah. Oh, so good in that. There's never been any comedian quite like him. Even the movies where he makes three-minute cameos, he's the one you're talking about afterwards. And Wedding Crashers and Austin Powers and the very underrated Starsky and Hutch. I love that movie. You're right. I love that movie. It's very funny. Uh, Do it. Do it. I like your moves. I like your moves. Do it. He lined up hit after hit in the 2000s. Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, Old School, The Other Guys, Daddy Soames. But we mustn't discount the fact that much to Buck's chagrin, he is the centerpiece of the best comedy in the past 20 years, Anchorman. Yeah. Thank God for Will Ferrell. I mean, we, you know, if you think about comedy. Don't you sigh. Will Ferrell's fantastic oh, in Anchorman, and this, nobody else is. That is, reaction is the same as Maddie picking friggin' Steve Zissou as his favorite Bill Anchorman performance. <laughs> Anchorman falls Rush apart more. with Christina Applegate being was. an idiot. That, that ruins the whole thing. Are you thing. kidding me? It dude? ruins the whole movie. There is no. Oh, right. The fact that he has a giant boner when he's shirtless doing. Curls in the office. He's terrific, but the fact that he she's also a He watches a man kill someone with a trident. Ah, get the hell out of here. Fuck. That is the most easy. That is devoted the most quotable on. movie. Go do some Diamond Dallas Page fucking <laughs> yoga. <laughs> do me a favor. Son of a do bitch. me a favor. Do some yoga. Go back and watch Time Cop. And yeah. if you've got time left over, right. I guess Downward Dog had your head up your ass no. when you watched Anchorman. Yeah, I really hit a nerve. I really hit a nerve George, over here. George, when you just said like you know who could who could play whatever part you said, who else could play Elf? Elf. Yeah, he was great as Buddy the Elf. Yes. I would argue, though, that there is nobody who could come close to being Ron Burgundy. Right. I, he, uh, like It's become a joke since then that people keep trying to do it. And I think when we do that potential podcast, it's going to be all comedic performances that can't be matched. I'm not sure if it, there's dramatic performance that, oh, Gene Hackman or De Niro or Pacino, they all could have kind of played them. I don't know. No, nobody else could have played that water alien like the guy who wore that suit in Shape of Water this year. Oh, they had sex. <laughs> Let's, Sorry. What's your favorite Will Ferrell? Water Farrell? alien. Your favorite Will Ferrell, Buck. <laughs> I got to go. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna have to say Talladega Nights probably. Wow. Yeah, all love right. Talladega Nights. My favorite Nights. self. Nick? I'm doing something. Give me a second. I'll, I'll, I'll usurp you. He goes, I'll usurp you by stealing what I think you're going to say. What I'm going to go Step Brothers. Oh, that's oh, a good one. Brothers, yeah, right? sure. so good. It's so damn well, It's the funny. only movie where you see his scrote. <laughs> I mean, there's a scene. When I saw that, when George and I saw that movie, I've never heard my father laugh harder. I don't think either of us. When he says, I'm going to go upstairs and rub my nutsack all over your drums. And then he does it. He actually pulls out his nutsack and rubs it all over drums. This is me. So it's not just some guy. You're really good. I know. <laughs> it's the reason why we all want to go to the Catalina wine mixer. Yeah. It's the reason why we uh, all want to sleep in bunk beds. No, it's it's, it's incredible and old school. Boats His and t- hose, I, man. Yeah, I man. love talking about like Pedro dominant runs, if you will. Mm. Uh, yeah. An actor I'll be presenting at number 11, I think, had one of the greatest mo- dominant runs, and so did the director of his movies. Uh, that eight-year window where nobody could touch your fastball. And to me... I would say probably from 2000 to 2010, that decade, nobody was. I think that nobody was funnier in the first decade of this century than Will Ferrell, from old school and especially in the, in the Step Brothers, and right in the heart of it all, Ron Burgundy. Period. Best performance. Yeah. Quick, yeah, guess. Mystery guest. Quick cameo. How about him in Wedding Crashers? 
Steals the movie oh, yeah. from two ah, comedic geniuses. Man, yeah. the meatloaf. Yeah. Fuck. It's like fishing <laughs> with dynamite. It's, it's unfair. At the same time, though, mystery guess, it's hard. It's really. Vin, I think. I think Vince Vaughn, who didn't make this list and should not have even come close. But that that's Vince Vaughn's movie, even though Owen Wilson's the romantic lead, just because that entire scene where he's with Isla Fisher at the table and she's trying to get on his nuts and he, he keeps. Yeah. So, and he has I mean, a little scene with the priest. The la- it was almost like. It was almost like that's the last time we saw Vince Vaughn with any power. Little, but, little. But you, un- you leave oh. thinking Will Ferrell so funny, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, little underrated role uh, that I loved. No one really liked it. I just loved it. I saw it with my father, and we were crying, laughing because the campaign where he plays that kind of Bill Clinton esque. Uh, Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah, it's so. He's oh, right. so yeah. He is so darkly How funny in that movie. How about his first uh, film appearance though in Austin Powers, where he plays yeah, the uh, Mustafa. Yeah, Mustafa. Yeah. And he goes, I'm, I'm very badly, badly burned. burned. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to stand up now. Oh! <laughs> you shot me. You shot me in the arm. <laughs> None of us even mentioned. I can't believe you shot me in the arm. <laughs> None of us even made mention of the entire SNL career. This right, is about right. movies, but my God, I mean, oh. get off the shed and the cowbell. I mean, yeah. and, imagine and, comedy without him the last fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, you, you, thank you, God you said for Will the last Ferrell. thing that needed to be said. Imagine comedy without Will Ferrell Oof. over the last twenty years. The Oof. HBO thing where he goes from all the little the ballparks trying to throw <laughs> pitches traded. and all the yeah. yeah, and gets traded to all the teams. I've just and Funny or Die, like him yes. and Adam McKay Funnier, giving us that. The, the landlord he created Funny or Die, and also. Strategy. His one-man show is George Bush. Yeah, so important. All right, let's move on to number 14. It's number age George's girlfriend's 14. What? You just made Uh, the list. Gene Hackman. uh, Mm. You don't like this placement? No, I love it. Oh, okay, all right. Gene Hackman is uh, such a perfect actor. The French Connection role as Popeye Doyle. I bet you picked your feet in Poughkeepsie, didn't you? (laughs) Right. Uh... He just he takes that in in and I think he won the Academy Award for that one. Um, yes, but he he takes it. It became like the first gritty uh, cop drama that you know was kind of shot on the fly with uh, you know unsteady cams as they're running around New York City, uh, real crime scenes. But he goes from that to being the coach Norman Dale and Hoosiers. That's the only. I mean Barbara Hershey's in it, but really, you know, so is Dennis Hopper. But. You know, he is the coach in that movie that kind of commands everyone's attention. And even though, as we've talked about before, he turns, I think he won that great coach. He's still, his role in that <laughs> ma- makes makes Hoosiers what it is. Absolutely. Unforgiven, wildly underrated performance oh. uh, after what Clint Eastwood did. But his role as uh, the sheriff. Little Bill. He won the Oscar. Bill. He won the Oscar. Oh, did he win it? All right. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't as underperformed, uh, underappreciated as I thought. Mississippi Burning. We talked about Crimson Tide already. How about Lex Luthor in the Superman series? Yeah. Oh, God. The only Lex Luthor worth a toot. Right. Pos- Poseidon Adventure. Okay. Uh, the Replacements. Another one where he, play, he was the coach. History. Yeah, yeah. You need heart. Yeah. You need heart is what you need. When we do our top ten... Coaches? Coaches podcast. Oh sure. Um, Gene ha- is Gene Hackman on the list multiple times? But, but my favorite role, the Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums. Thank well, you. Well, maybe uh, behind French Connection. Hilarious. But he is so good as Royal. Uh, Wyatt Earp. Oh, he was in Wyatt Earp as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you know that one, there's just so much heart and so much pain in the same role in the Royal Tenenbaums, and and but yet it's such a great comedy at the same time. And the Birdcage, of course. Uh, yeah. You know, as as the uh, the senator. Comedy, drama, he's got 100 credits on IMDb, 100 movies. I think Robert De Niro has like 110 or something. This guy got out on top. He retired, so I think we forget 
how ubiquitous he was in the eighties and nineties. Like you watched a movie, if it was a, if you saw Gene Hackman in it, yeah. it was good. Yeah. It was at least oh, good, absolutely. right? Yeah, this guy's a powerhouse. Uh, one of the best, and, and his performance, like you said, my favorite with him is Unforgiven, of course. Um, just incredible. Deserves got nothing. I don't yeah, deserve this remember, to die like this. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Yeah. Oh, come on. My favorite Hoosiers. Yep. Yeah, but remember uh, PCU where he, they go, where you know you can study bullshit in college these days, and he goes, well, "What is he studying? He's studying the Kane Hackman theory." <laughs> that, and then at every moment, whenever you turn on the TV on some channel, there's a Michael Kane or Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman movie, movie playing. Hundred percent. Superman. Right. Mr. Yeah. Smaka, I mean, he's Lex Luthor for God's sake. What was so great was he was basically like, "Yeah, I don't want to wear a bald cap, so I'm just gonna, I'm going <laughs> to act like he has he wears wigs." He's, and Richard Downer's like, "Fine, whatever." So funny. you know what's awesome too, Buck, is he's. Really, and he had to sort of like fade back, if you will, I guess, apparently for, you know, health reasons, kind of like Johnny Carson did. Rather, like, I love everyone to see me in my prime as opposed yeah, to, like, retired, falling apart. Just like, I'm right. good. I got an awesome body of work. What a great career. Did amazing voiceover work, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a great voice, unmistakable voice, just the right amount of gravel and grit. Gene Hackman may have been, like, the the bridge talent who, like, like as the Lee Marvins of the world hand the baton off to that next generation, right smack in the middle from the seventies to the eighties was Gene Hackman. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Man's uh, man. Let's move on to number thirteen. You just made the list. One of the all-time greats. I mean, let's go through just some of the great work of Al Pacino, shall we? I mean, he's given us Phil Spector. Geely, Pirates of Somalia. I mean, who can forget those seminal performances? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Al Pacino is, you know, one of those names. He's he's just under a name coming up that everyone's going to equate him with, and I think it's perfect that they ended up, again, mathematically, just because we did this, we all picked, and it's mathematic. They ended up 1-2, or rather... Uh, that is not a snitch! 12-13. Um, I mean, my favorite... My favorite performances by him were um, Carlito's Way. I loved Insomnia. That's a little underrated. Yep. Just let me sleep. But my favorite. Just let me sleep. Ah, he's really good in that, man. He is superb. He's second level Al Pacino. Yeah. Quiet Al Pacino. Yeah. Who's come in early 90s to now that every now and again appears uh, outside of the Crazy Lodge. Yeah. Al Pacino. That's where he started to lose me right about then, I guess. He, dude, um, great ass. Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's fingernails to get that inch. I'm sorry. The chick, what do you love to say on the radio show? I'm sorry. Because uh, I got three dead bodies, Justine, on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> I'm sorry if the chicken got overcooked. Yeah, he just becomes a character at some point. But, um, but dude... How good was he just recently in Paterno? Paterno. He's unbelievable he's so in that. Good. We he's haven't so... even mentioned Godfather. One or two. Even, Overrated. We don't, even, we don't even need Everyone knows. That, but like Quiet Al Pacino that began around Donnie Brasco. Yes. Right. When he was like kind of broken. Yes. Like I wish he would do more of that. How about... You know, um, and he does in Pacino. So, in um, Paterno, sorry. And uh, I love this little movie, a little sleeper movie. It's one of my favorites. John Goodman, him, Sea of Love. That movie, Ellen Barkin. Oh, that's yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah. great that's, movie. Go back and watch Sea of Love. Movie. Oh, it's so good. He's so good in it. Uh, come the wet ass hour where everyone's daddy. He gives this whole lecture about the cops. And then he has, you know, he started to slip it about the 90th. I, I, I mark it at this movie called The Devil's Advocate or The Devil's Own yeah, or something. Yeah, he's sure. he's yeah, the yeah. devil and he's Keanu Reeves' father. Yeah. And there's just these ridiculous scenes where he's like, 
backlit by flames. His hair's all permed. He's like, did God do it to us on purpose? Awesome. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Greg T. Nelson is so over the top. He's like, at the time of my wife's death, I was boning my secretary. The whole thing is just so huge and ridiculous. And I think that's where he started to kind of right. get doing an Al Pacino impression. Well, but, but then don't Al- forget, Son of a Woman with the ooh kind of kicked off a lot of that, Worst too. Worst Oscar win for yeah. a great actor. That movie's not ever. great. That no, movie's not great. Nominated for an actor for, uh, as a supporting actor for this, my favorite Al Pacino role, uh, Dick Tracy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Big, Big Boy Caprice. Caprice. Yeah, yeah, So good yeah. in that. Dude, but Donnie, Donnie Brasco get... is probably... Oh, yeah, he was incredible. Right? I mean, that, like we said, that broken Pacino so is my favorite. When he leaves, so he knows he's getting the call, so he oh. takes off his... Ju- the scene where he takes oh, off his jewelry rings. and puts it away because he knows he's going to die. I mean, oh. heartbreaking. He's so good in that movie. Yeah, he is. We haven't even mentioned, for the love of God, we haven't even mentioned... The man was in Serpico and Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, see, those Dog movies. Dog Day Afternoon's so good. Ah, One of my favorites. Love it's it. Scarface, for Christ's yeah. sake. Oh, my God. Scarface uh, Glenn is Gary, Glenn Ross. We was Ricky oh. Roma. Oh, that's a great performance. There's Broken Pacino again. Okay, yeah. now, all right. You're right. Good question. Nice job, Mystery Guest. Can we name anybody else? Thank you, Mystery Guest. Uh, who's had more iconic roles? Now, we can say, like, oh, you know. Tom Cruise, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, who we all quote from. Haven't heard from them yet. I wonder if they'll be in the final edition of the podcast. We haven't heard from them yet. Great iconic roles. Al Pacino, we just literally listed off all these different movies that he's been in. Who's maybe been more iconic characters in movie history perhaps, than Al Pacino? Perhaps the man at number 12. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead mm. and move on to number 12. Did everyone do a favorite Pacino movie? I think. Yes. I mean, we listed we, all the, yeah, we listed every we goddamn movie so he did. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Jack everyone has to pick one though. Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Of course, I'm changing yeah. my name to Mochaccino. <laughs> Frankie and Johnny. Really? No. no. <laughs> Dick Tracy's uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the original Godfather because uh, he's just so good in it, and yeah. he's just a young actor in that. He and he's surrounded by such talent, but yeah. he still pulls it off. Yeah, he does. Uh, How about this? What do you got? The Insider. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm quiet right. Pacino. Just a lot of conversations on That's cell right. phones right. and. It's I know it's not my what favorite. What did the my Surgeon favorite Russell General Crow. know, and when did they know it? <laughs> it's my favorite Russell Crowe, but great movie. All right, uh, Maddie, did you pick one? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my sentimental favorite, Sea of Love. I All love right. him in, the, in that movie. He's a broken cop, and it's a go back and see it. And your girl Ellen Barkin's in it, Nick. Mm-hmm. I think it's Ellen Barkin. Uh, I have no I idea think how she became my girl. Let's, but let's cool. talk about number twelve. I think you might have looked him over a little bit. You just made the list. You. <laughs> you. Tom Brady. Number 12. Uh, Nick, you asked who had more iconic roles than Al Pacino. I give you Dirty Grandpa. I give you, <laughs> I give you The Intern. I give you Grudge Match. <laughs> Little Fockers. <laughs> Little. I'm just going to pick all the worst movies. Of course, Robert De Niro. You'll be hard-pressed to find someone on IMDb with more film credits than Robert De Niro, for better or for worse, 114. To give you some context, uh, Gene Hackman retired in 2004 with 100. So this guy continues to pump it up. He's Raging Bull. He's Travis Bickle. Um, One of my – I'll do my favorite De Niro movies, uh, Copland, Heat, Goodfellas, Hello, Midnight Run, which I know you love, Nick, as well. I love that movie enough. That might you be... can never rewatch that movie enough. That's a Shawshank movie. Yeah, uh, and King of Comedy. Oh, um, so underrated, the King of is. Comedy. As, as is Rupert, Midnight Rupert Run. Rupert Pupkin. 
Just unbelievable. Rupert Pupkin. So, you know, he's De Niro. He, uh, it's like saying Elvis yeah. when you're talking about actors. He, you, if, you put, if we put De Niro number one, I'd be like, despite all the mistakes he's made recently, I'd be like, all right, yeah, it's De Niro, man. It's fucking De Niro. I think he, I think he belongs above Pacino. Yeah. I do. Um, I just wish he would stop I making so much movies. I think he's an overall better stop. actor. Than yeah, Pacino. he is. They yeah, compared he so, so much, especially even with Heat. Right. And then, then they made some other piece of crap recently. Where they were both in it. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even know what the hell it was called. Yeah, it was so horrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just oh, think oh, he's the oh, better. They're making that uh, now. Wrinkled nuts in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, Granddads, so, go get him. And I, I, if I was a bigger fan of the Godfather series, I would go off on that. You guys are. I'm yeah. not. So, but I mean, I recognize what he did in those films is just stunning. His ability to basically take Marlon Brando's portrayal and make it his own. Yeah, in the, in the not second do, one, not do an impression. He's not Unbelievable. Just good. He's not just good. See, I see. I think. Sometimes people become themselves or a parody or caricature themselves. Sure. They get lost in it. And then they're able to evolve and sort of like either give you that or give you something different. Pacino has given us giant Al Pacino and then can go back and give us nuanced performances as exhibited by Paterno. I don't remember like the last great dramatic, subtle, nuanced, emotional performance that Robert De Niro gave me. I loved where he went with the sort of like comedic hugeness of the meet the Fockers, meet the family, meet the, the meet the parents series. Yeah, whatever. That series was fun. But I don't really remember the last great Robert De Niro performance. It's been Silver a lot. Lining's playbook? It was fun. It was, was it was fun. Enough. Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was, wasn't great. No, you're no right. I agree. Yeah, yeah I it was, that, George, that was ballpark. That probably was the last. But... It was probably the last one, and it was kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, kind of played like something that you, and well, the thing about that movie was, you know, actually the way it was shot, it was kind of like a great seventies movie that was made in 2012 in right. a lot of ways. Uh, De Niro, I feel like became that thing and hasn't really come back. I don't even know where he is these days. Uh, well, they're you know, doing that movie, the Irishman for, yeah, for Netflix right now, which is like a billion dollar movie or right. something ridiculous. Maybe, maybe that'll be fun. But in the seventies and the eighties, man. Uh, Raging Bull is one of the great performances of all time. He takes uh, Jake LaMotta's character, completely brings it to screen in a, in a black and white film in 1981. Just, I got his... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, Bob. I was just going to yeah. say, I mean, if you, if you really want to kind of go back and just see the kind of range that he had, and, and he put on a ton of weight, like not prosthetic, he put on a shitload of weight uh, for some of those scenes, and he looks like crap. Mm-hmm. And you just you can kind of feel that he's this boxer that's been beat up and and and, and had every bad break or even caused his own bad breaks. Um, so that would be my favorite is is Raging Bull. Last great performance. How about Max Cady? Oh, counselor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he's a counselor. He's so he's so jacked in prison. All the tats all over his body. Frightening. Relentless. Yeah. Frightening. But mesmer that scene with Juliette Lewis. Oh. With, the, with the thumb in her mouth. Oh, Mind if I kiss yeah. you? Yeah. Can I give uh, you a I'm from, kiss? I'm from, oh. I'm from the Black Forest. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, he's so good in that. But Can I God, do my... Uh, Travis Bickle is... I mean, taxi driver. you just... You can't... Yeah. That's just... I mean, I, what, what great director won't point to that movie and say, that's American Sam? Yeah. Uh, if I can throw in a mystery guess, yes. curveball here. Awakenings. Just a oh, yes! Oh, just yeah. killed, killed me. Got me right I totally thought you were going to say Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> Good, Goodfellas is my favorite just because yeah. I love that movie. That so should much. be. It should be. That's a good uh, one. Nick, to answer your question, I went from, from this most recent Irishman, which is his most recent IMDb, and it's just, it's just a pile of crap, basically, 
until you get to 2013, a movie you didn't like, but I think he was great and, and frightening and weird and different. American Hustle, I think, was probably his last uh, really oh. good Oh, he did. Have, yeah, that's right. As, uh, oh, uh-huh. That movie can. I love that movie. As the mobster, oh, that's right. That movie can. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say, I want to, because Mystery Guest mentioned Cape Fear, so I just want to do my Nick Nolte impression from yeah, Cape okay. Fear because I love doing it. Well, it's spot right. on, guys. This is over-the-top Nick Nolte in Cape Fear. Ready? Well, I don't know. Max Cady, for Christ's sake, I'm trying my best. I thought she was just a girl in my class. But God damn it. God damn it. It's like if Gollum was trying to slip down Nick. I just couldn't throat. tell if that was blue chips or if that was. Every scene he's doing that. There's no one scene where he just I talks. feel like it's not a Nick Nolte movie unless he goes, Son of a bitch! <laughs> we ain't brothers, we ain't partners, and we ain't friends. Carry your own water for God's sake, goddammit, Max Cater's home to cut it, was it? It's Gollum. It is. Maddie's Dave, Maddie's David Ortiz sounds like Cookie Monster. What are you talking about? This is fucking list. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. Uh, to number 11. This is our final actor in our top. Yes, I just want to say, this is the you first the actor list. who the four of us voted on. This actor got a number one vote to be the top movie star. Of I know who gave it to him. So, no, it's no. not the guy was it you, Nick? Was it? No. Who uh, gave him number one? Number 11. Let's go ahead to number 11. In New England, the sexiest 11 may be Julian Edelman. Maybe the... Sexiest 11 to some other people in this room, including mystery guest and definitely Georgie Kip, is in Stranger Things. Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus. Own it. Just own it. Just own, own it. it. No one's We listening. all thought the same thing we saw. Come <laughs> on. And that's the second sexiest Bobby Brown in your life. <laughs> but I'll be damned if the sexiest 11 isn't truly the manliest man of all manly movie stars ever. It is the reason why, if you ever meet me, if you make eye contact, you better extend your hand and call me Snake. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Kurt Russell, man. Yeah, baby. It's the reason why I wear a t-shirt that says fucking Kurt Russell. (laughs) Who's who's cool? I had him number one. I had him number one. I love love the fact we've had so many. Buck, who would have thought, right? I had the actual guy that finished number one is number one. Buck, I like... I like your standards. Yeah. I like the cut of your jib, friend. And I get it. Yeah. But here's there's a little difference in Kurt Russell as he wraps up the the teens and the tweens here before we get into the top ten. I don't think a lot of people go see Gene Hackman movies. I don't think people really go see De Niro movies anymore. They don't see Pacino movies. A lot of the guys that finish between 20 and 11, a couple throwback stars, a lot of people that were really good supporting characters or iconic members of ensembles. Will Ferrell, you most certainly see. If Kurt Russell was in a movie for about 15 straight years, you're goddamn right. You went to see it. You owned it on VHS. You burned out the VHS, and you made sure you got the DVD. And if you were in Nick's case, you were masturbating while watching it. And where's the shame in that? How many of your favorite scars, Bill Murray as the best performer, and insert Wes Anderson millennial Pinterest movie here... (laughs) Took a fucking glider into Manhattan <laughs> to save the goddamn president of the United States. Point taken. You're an effective debater. <laughs> or sa- or if save more the people planet. spoke like this, we'd have better. We'd have better leadership in this country. Mm-hmm. So earlier, when I teased the idea of like who had greater stretches, let me just give you a quick little. All right. How about the thing? How about 1980? <laughs> Use cars. 81. Escape from New York. 
82, The Thing, which is still one of the 10 greatest mm. horror movies ever made. Silkwood, Dramatic Chops. Yep. 84, Swing Shift, Underrated Comedy. 1986, one of your favorite underrated comedies, Maddie, The Best of Times. Love it. Reno motherfucking high Love it. <laughs> 1986, so the most incomprehensible, undecipherable, incredibly nonsensical, nonlinear piece of Chinese-American action movie <laughs> horror sci-fi shit. <laughs> the reason why I named my first child Lopan. Big Trouble in Little China. He's great. Egg Shen, low pan. When I enter a room, I drop in holding lightning, and then I swell up to 350 pounds. Overboard. Tequila Sunrise. Tango and Cash. Backdraft. How's that for a fucking decade? And we haven't even talked about like, Tombstone. I don't like you glossing over Overboard, by the way. It's I know. genius. I know, and I saw that there was that remake recently. Tango. Oh, my God. Anna Fair should start Cash. drinking again. <laughs> Wow. If she saw that. Wow. And then, unlawful entry, Captain Ron. He's in Gump. Stargate, executive decision. All right, we'll forgive you, Escape from L.A. That was pretty terrible. Underrated breakdown from 1997. The underrated ripoff of Van Damme. Apparently, Van Damme was too busy for Soldier in 98. (laughs) But let's go back to 1993's Tombstone. Tombstone. Tombstone so that's, is the the dudest, the guyest, the broest movie ever. I made. got Shawshanked by Tombstone when I put him on the top of the list. I just, I think okay. that might even be what what caused this entire conversation was. I was watching Tombstone, just going, "God damn it, he's so good in every single thing he does." I think he might be the greatest guy actor of all time. And then I sent the thing out and said, "Hey, how about we do the top guy actors?" I love him. I'm with you guys. I love him, but I, I, I'm just gonna be honest. As you read that list, Nick, I was ready to be more impressed than I was. There's a couple clunkers on there. Oh, Miracle. More than a miracle. Now, there you go. Then he goes on later, redefines himself, becomes a little more serious. There's less jumping around, less shooting, less screaming, a little more nuance. Even the new Guardians, too. He's great in Miracle. He's a child star, too, in the Disney movies. He's great in Miracle. And he's also in Gilligan's Island. What? That that was his first appearance. Well, Uh, I mean, come on, dude. The mustache, the chin. He was a a fucking baseball player, for goodness sakes. What's the name of that documentary from a couple years ago? The Something Bastards of Baseball? Uh, the big bad. <laughs> it was good. Ball. It was good. Yeah. Also, open marriage. My, my still my favorite cosplay of all time at New York City Comic Con was these five guys showed up as the five Kurtz, and it was Kurt Russell from five different movies. Wow! And what was great I was hope you offered to have sex yeah. with all of them. So what was great was one of the guys had uh, Snake with the eye patch, and then the yeah. other guy had Captain, Captain Ron with the eye patch, and uh, and they correctly put Captain Ron's on the other eye. That's hilarious. And also Tarantino, <laughs> he's become a muse of Tarantino That's now. Right. Because the same way Tra- Travolta and Sam Jackson have. The Hateful Eight was a slog, and it was yeah. disgusting and dirty. But I but he was great. See- in it. I love. Last time I enjoyed watching a man kick the crap out of a woman with a rifle. Here's uh, two two things, <laughs> which is also an average Wednesday for George. <laughs> Here's two things to love about Kurt Russell. In addition, Matty Blake version is that he was the father-in-law for a time of my beloved Chris Robinson yes, from was, the Black yeah. Crows. And yeah, yeah. if you, if I may, guys, I hope you don't get mad. But if you go to pod617.com, click on a little podcast called Monsterland, go to episode 103, in which we talk about the Phoenix Lights, which is a very famous UFO incident mm-hmm. in America. Um, a big star for years and years. Nobody knew who the pilot was that witnessed and called in the Phoenix Lights. It was an unnamed pilot. It's in the FAA report. It was none other than Kurt Russell. So go back and listen to episode 103. We have the audio of him admitting that it was him. Pretty cool stuff. Five words. It's all in the reflexes. All right, let's hear the favorites (laughs) real quick. 
Of Kurt? Yeah. I, that little movie uh, from the 90s, I love that. Breakdown, when yeah. he gets... 1997, great Love that movie! movie. He gets yeah, like he's on the movie. river and they kidnap his whatever and these yeah, yeah good yeah, revenge movies. The on the river, they kidnap his whatever. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> working title, working title. Drunken reviews movie. by Matty Blake. I the, I refuse to pick it. Right. I mean, oh, it's forgot. Escape I mean, from New York for you. Right? No, it's not, dude. What? Escape, dude. Big Trouble in Little China oh, Jesus. is the most ridiculous <laughs> movie ever made, and it is maybe Gene Hackman should be ahead of it. It's probably Jack Burton, George. Uh, Overboard and Miracle. Yeah, Miracle. Miracle definitely sucks me in. How about Mystery Guest? Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and let's see what happens. I'm getting awful tired of your gas. Jerk that pistol and let's get to work. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to do something or you're just going to stand there and bleed? It's oh, great. Uh, yeah, Tombstone would be it for me oh, as well. So there you go. Do you dare enter Monsterland? You may not know that some 50 miles west of Boston sits what may be one of the most diverse and comprehensive paranormal locations in the world. If you listen to the Monsterland podcast, the secrets will be revealed to you. I'm Maddie Blake, actor, TV host, and believer, and I'm fortunate to be co-hosting the show with the author of the book known as Monsterland, Ronnie LeBlanc. Thanks, Maddie. Well, you said it. We're practically next door to the Lemster State Forest, a place that's had a decades-long list of strange phenomena, including UFOs, paranormal activity, Bigfoot, strange sightings, occult, and military activity. Absolutely. And Ronnie, on the Monsterland podcast, we'll be joined by a murderer's row of experts from all over the world to finally figure out if these claims belong in the myth or Monsterland files. So make sure you listen, binge, and believe as each chapter of our mysterious journey unfolds. You can find the Monsterland podcast on pod617.com, the mighty pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Join the passionate fans who we're already hearing from. See you soon in Monsterland. All right, so I guess the big question now is, what were we Shawshanked by this week? Shawshanked. Nick, why don't you start us off? All right, this week I was Shawshanked by a, uh, not a comic book, really, a graphic novel. Uh, Oh. Yeah, I got into reading graphic novels big time this year. It's kind of something I do whenever I want to. Be graphic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I want to restart my reading. If I fall, if I start reading a bunch of different books and I sort of fall off a bunch, what I'll do is I'll just pick up some good comics or some graphic novels. And I had read about a good series. Um, I think it's actually on, uh, I'm not sure where it is. I heard that it was a great watch. Uh, it's called I Kill Giants. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think actually maybe it's a movie or it's a series. I can't tell. Maybe it's a movie. Um, long story short, someone had said it was fantastic and go back and read the graphic novel. So I took it out of the library, oh, old-fashioned. Wow. And uh, I know, I actually took a comic book out of the library, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. It's beautifully drawn. It's uh, very compelling. It's super emotional. This little girl uh, who's a misfit in high school is battling uh, these giants in high school, if you will, but also battling real giants. And of course, the real giants ultimately proved to be a metaphor for something else in her life. And what those are a metaphor for in life is such a gut punch. You're not even really prepared for it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh Painful, beautiful. Now I can't wait to go watch it. Hopefully I'll be able to report back in a few weeks on what I thought of the actual movie or series that I didn't bother researching. <laughs> but uh, if you get a chance and you're looking to pick up a good graphic novel uh, with a heart and some heft, I Kill 
Giants. Very nice. You know, it is also getting just a real quick stay in the graphic novel mm-hmm. landscape. Casting for Why the Last Man, which was a huge series. Get a chance it's to so good. read, so read good. Why the Last Man if you uh, just your next. I, if it sounds like you already read it, I love Why the Last. But, man. Yeah, pick that up if, if you. Where's that going to be? Where's novels. Why the Last Man going to be? Uh, I, I don't know if it's like AMC or where. Is it, it going to be on Who's On or Amaloft? It might. Be. <laughs> I think I think it has on Who's On. Yeah, yeah. not so. Who's On first? Yep. Uh, how about you, Maddie? What, what were you Shawshank by? Or do you want to go, George? Sorry, no. George. Go ahead and what were you uh, Shawshank by, uh, George? Actually, I, I was excited for the uh, Emmy Awards uh, nominations to come out. And was so happily surprised to see Keenan Thompson nominated for a Best Supporting Actor in a uh, in a series. He has been the stalwart of Saturday Night Live for the past uh, going to be going on twenty years now, Nick. Pretty close. And his reaction shots when he's just doing nothing in a scene are so great. I'm I'm so glad that the uh, the Emmy Awards uh, noticed him. So I got Shawshank by watching old clips of Keenan Thompson. On YouTube and Saturday Night Live. Was he um never no- never nominated before? Never nominated for uh for an acting award. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Black Jeopardy lately. It's great. Yeah, stuff. he's, he's <laughs> great. He's gotten better though. He's only Kenny yeah, Thompson exactly. has only gotten yeah. better. And someone recently said like, you know, sometimes you hear like a an opposing defensive coordinator, or someone say like that offense runs through blank, and you're like, oh, you think like that's Tom Brady's offense, or maybe they say like it run, you know runs through a different running back or receiver. Uh, the SNL offense apparently uh, runs through Keenan Thompson. He is there. He's the point guard. Like all the funny runs through him. You know what's? It's it's very funny. They used to say whenever a writer had an issue in the writing room at SNL, they would just say Chris Farley enters, and now it's uh, Keenan Thompson reacts. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's always a go to. It gets a laugh every time. Yeah, he's hilarious. That's a good one, George. I like that. Uh, I'll just do one real quick uh, while we're waiting on Maddie. Um, I was Shawshanked by DDP Yoga. This is my one-year anniversary of having oh, done DDP oh, Yoga yeah. since we brought Dallas into the, yeah, right? Yeah, baby. Amazing, right? We, we met him at that Comic-Con. Dallas yeah, page. Like a year ago. Uh, I've been sticking with the program. Came into radio studio. Yeah. Yeah. Threatened to beat me up. I've gone through my fourth cycle with uh, the different programs. I've stuck with it. Down 35 pounds. Built a lot of muscle. Feeling really good. So if you get a chance, check out DDP Yoga. There's an app for it. DVD series, the whole thing. There's an incredible YouTube video of him saving this guy's life who is a... Arthur Borman. Unbelievable. Yeah. The guy was like a, a ex-military. Paratrooper. Barely walk. And then now Arthur is teaching on some of the courses. He's a trainer now. It's unbelievable. The guy could barely move. I don't know if I can handle a jacked buck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know. What did you say last week? You prefer a... a Roly-poly a party buck? buck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, what, what were you stretching by? I got uh, involved Maddie? with a Twitter argument, and I, I couldn't remember what it was. I just had to look it up there. Apologies for the delay, but... um. So uh, someone had posted that the – oh, Georgie's not going to like this. It was an argument between the British office and the American version of the office. Right. And so they were calling the British office fans British office snobs and the American <laughs> office fans the truth. <laughs> so I weighed in uh, that I think it's not even close. I think the American office is fun and campy and its own thing, but it's not even close that the British office is a thousand times better. So as I was spouting off on this argument – um, that it's a perfectly crafted piece of, of artistic vision realized as opposed to a funny show. Yep. I went back and watched the finale of The British Office, just the Christmas episode, because yep. I remember when it came out and I watched it, I was in tears. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I might put it top five of all time anything. Wow. Anything I've ever watched, movie, TV, that final special, the Christmas episode of The British Office, is 
just perfect. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, or if you've never watched The British Office, if you're an Office fan of the American television show, go back and watch those episodes. Well, and here's the best thing about it. It's only like 13 episodes total. So yeah, it's, it's not like, like a long slog. No, not slog. at all. Not at all. <laughs> and Ricky Gervais is just beyond. and It's just it's just uh, incredible. And I think the, the, the British version of the Dwight Schrute character is much more grounded in reality, yeah. but almost funnier because that's like you've actually worked with this guy. Right. No one's actually actually worked with Dwight Schrute. It's right. insane. He's insane. Yeah. But the British version, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that guy actually works here. It's fantastic and easy to find. And also, there's so many uh, actors that were in it then that you didn't, maybe didn't know when it first aired that have now gone into bigger, better. Time, Absolutely. So. Um, all right, and uh, so I get, that's all of us this week. So yep. where, can we, where can we be found, Nick? Ah, well, let's see. We can find everyone in this room uh, at Matty Nick WAF for the radio show. He's at the Matty Blake. Georgie, of course, is at the other Pats fan. You are at Uncle Buck WAF. And depending on what you want to talk with me about, it's either at Ahoy Nick Stevens or, of course, at Fitzy GFY. This has been Shawshanked on the Pod 617 Network, counting down actors 20 to 11. For the Top 50 Male Movie Stars podcast series. George, you want to run through those actors one more time? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, 20, John Wayne, Eddie Murphy, Jimmy Stewart, Denzel Washington, Bill Murray, Will Ferrell, Gene Hackman, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Kurt Russell. All right, very good. Well, hey, uh, as always, Jerry Thornton, we love you. And until next time, you have been Shawshank. I mean, if you weren't stroking it during that. What? Shawshank. Matty, is there any chance you want to watch me jerk off in this pan?